The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Thanks for coming back to another episode. Uh, This week I'll be talking to Kale DeFrancesco from the APP's Board of Directors. Uh, Kale is the current outreach liaison. And we talk about some of the the current demand, some of the current trends we're noticing with with piercing. I I know it's going to vary a lot from one region to the next. Some people have only just reopened. Some people have been open for months and they're already kind of back at at full force. But I've been noticing a lot more demand for uh, just jewelry sales without a new piercing. Um, That's something that we've been seeing a a lot in my studio. And I think that... um, you know, some people want to get a new piercing, but some people have an existing piercing and they just want to be pampered. They want to maybe freshen something up. They might have been sitting at home for a year and, and thinking about how they want to change their, their body jewelry. So I've been noticing a, a big difference in, in what we're getting demands for and requests for, bookings for. Kale's been noticing some differences down in her studio also. Kale's about uh, an hour south of me. And we, we talk a, a bit about um, the concept of ear curation. And through the conversation, you'll realize that, you know, I'm not really uh, a curation hub. You know, I, I do the individual components of curation, you know, guiding people through jewelry selection and managing custom orders and giving them my, my suggestions for what I think would, would work best for their aesthetic, but also for, you know, the functionality or, or the size of their, their piercing. So... We talk about Kale's perspective of it, where it's a lot more of a, a concierge kind of a service. You know, come in and let's just chat for a good long while about your plans, whether or not that's connected to a, a, a new piercing or a new sale on, on the day of. So we just kind of talk about our different perspectives. Uh, and then we also talk about some of the jewelry challenges that, that are coming up. Um, we're, we're kind of getting back into the swing of things in a complicated time where we're getting sort of a boom of, of people that are leaving their houses again, but we're also getting a boom of people who maybe have um, tax rebates or maybe just the, the overall busy summer is hitting us. So we talk about how we're keeping up with jewelry. Uh, that's, a, that's a big struggle for a lot of studios, uh, mine included, I guess Kale's included too, is really just constantly putting in those orders. So we're constantly having jewelry coming in and what that's doing to our inventory management and our budgeting and, and all these different things that the time that goes into uh, putting together all these these orders is pretty extensive. So we talk about some in, uh, inventory challenges. I'll mention a, a one or two times in the episode that you really just want to pace yourself. Um, it can feel really stressful trying to keep up with this demand, kind of feeling like you're making up for lost time if you've been closed for a little while, and, and to kind of go easy on yourself. You know, find that good pattern of something that's sustainable for you, something that you enjoy doing, and something that lets you take good care of your clients. So, well, we'll get into that conversation in just a minute. Uh, I do want to plug uh, some Patreon stuff for you. 
I'll be doing a new class on Sunday, June 6th, and it's going to be all about uh, different tapers. Uh, it's going to be more of a casual conversation from my studio, and uh, I was kind of led to it from my needles class. Again, I've gotten a great response from that needles class that I put on Patreon, so if you're interested in learning more about the origin of piercing needles, the differences between different types of piercing needles, different needle uh, vendors, manufacturers, this is going to be a great class for you. It's on, on demand on Patreon right now, patreon.com slash ryanpba on the $15 a month tier. You can sign up whenever you'd like, you can cancel whenever you'd like, and you can get uh, instant access to that needles on demand class, but also about a dozen other different webinars, different classes, educational content that I put out there. Uh, lots of different subjects, progressive considerations for nipple piercings, statum sterilizers, all kinds of Q&A stuff. Uh, some Patreon exclusive stuff that you might not have been able to, to see anywhere else. So a lot of different information for you. And uh, I'll be doing the, the tapers class exclusively for my, my Patreon supporters. So this isn't something that I'll be doing um, an open Zoom invitation to off of my uh, Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page. This will be exclusive for, for uh, Patreon. So you can go ahead and sign up there. And I, I do feel like I need to just kind of explain sometimes how Patreon actually works. Uh, it's just like any other um, you know, video on-demand service that you sign up for, Netflix. But the, the pricing model is per calendar month. So if you sign up on the 15th of uh, the month, you get charged for, for that month. And then uh, the first of the month, the next month, you're also going to get charged. So if it's the, the very last day or the, the last few days of a month, I would say just hold off until the first of the month and then, and then go ahead and sign up. Uh, but I would like to think that you'd get your money's worth regardless of, of when you choose to sign up. Uh, again, you'll have instant on-demand access to uh, over a dozen different classes on that $15 a month tier. You could sign up for one month, power through them all and cancel. Uh, I, would, I would certainly like to have you stick around and I feel like there is a, a lot of content on there to get you to stick around and constantly working on putting out new stuff. But uh, the 6th of June, that's a Sunday, I'll be doing a, a session all about tapers. Uh, kind of in the same vein as the, the needles class, I'll be talking about all the different tapers that I've accumulated over a 20-year career, some that I, I would say that I like, some that I say that I, I don't like, talking about the difference between uh, concave tapers versus uh, pin coupling tapers versus threaded coupling tapers and uh, eyelet coupling tapers, the different lengths and graduations and what I use my different tapers for. So we'll be talking about that uh, in a good amount of detail Sunday, June 6th, and that's going to be through patreon.com slash ryanpba. Uh, go ahead and sign up there, and you can also get access to a lot of other educational content. So I, I always appreciate my supporters on there. Thank you to everyone who signed up over the last couple of weeks, especially people signing up to uh, check out that new needles class. I, I'm really happy with it. So that's enough for now. Let's go ahead and get into this conversation with Kale. Um, hello, my name is Kale DeFrancesco. I am the owner of Oleander Piercing in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, it is um, Oleander Piercing or just Miss underscore Kale. That's M-I-S-S, -S, not M-S. Um, I'm also the outreach coordinator for the Association of Professional Piercers. Hello. Hello. Um, I... I wanted to kind of start doing semi-regular shows, like more regular shows, because I've just been kind of doing them as I have brain power. But I think so many piercers are getting back to work or they're kind of 
they're stepping up their work for the summer, post-tax season, fingers crossed, post-COVID season, you know, whatever you want to refer to it. And um, I thought you would be a really good person to, to check in with because, you know, number one, you've got kind of a smaller studio that you're growing. Um, and, you know, you tend to have more of like a slowed down kind of a vibe where you want to talk to people a little bit more, do a little bit more of like, um, some people might call it curation. Some people might call it just, you know, customer, customer service and like modern body piercing. So what has, what has work been like for you in, in the past few months? And, and what are the, what are the changes, changes you're starting to notice as we go from maybe one season to another, whatever those seasons might be? Um, yeah. So I, that is almost kind of a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot that's been going on. Um, you know, since reopening from the shutdown, I, I was closed an additional month um, just because I was worried about the numbers. So I didn't really open again until August. Um, and, you know, when I first reopened, things were a little slower and which is understandable. But um, especially in the last, you know, few months, now that it's getting warmer, people are feeling a little more comfortable getting out of the house. Uh, business has exploded. Um and it's, it's honestly been great, but it's also been a little um, stressful mm-hmm. just trying to keep up with everything. Um, you know, I'm the only piercer here. I'm the only person that works in my studio. Um, it is definitely a mellower vibe. Um, you know, on, on most days, I really only work on like four to eight clients. Um, you know, I, I, I don't really like the, the super busy, fast paced setting, which is what I did for the last, you know, hand like many years uh, before I opened my studio here. So just wanted to kind of yeah. give people a different experience, um, which was just more of like a slow pace, like looking at jewelry, holding stuff up, like making connections, um, letting people kind of make connections with the jewelry and like falling in love with jewelry too, instead of feeling rushed and you know, just it kind of intimidated by, by the flow of a lot of studios. Um, so yeah, even though um, I work on only so many clients a day, um, you know, it, it has definitely been getting busier. Uh, you know, most days I'm booked, uh, sometimes I'm booked pretty far in advance. Uh, it can, it can be a little crazy. And, and right now my biggest struggle is just keeping up on um, jewelry you know, uh, business has just, <laughs> especially this last three months has just been almost twice as much as what I was making before it, it, it just like exploded, like, you know, once I was making a certain amount and then the next month it was like almost doubled. So just trying to keep that jewelry in stock has been, has been an interesting struggle. Well, before we, before we start talking about jewelry, because that's, that's something that I've been kind of struggling with too, the last couple of weeks, especially, but what, what have been like the, the demands that, that people have had? Because I, I know that before COVID, a lot of us might've said that, you know, things that fall under a mask would have been a really huge part of our business model. Now, you know, maybe people can't offer certain things because of restrictions, or maybe they're just not choosing to offer those certain things yet. So what, what have people been asking for? For me, it's like tons of ear stuff. Like I've had such an explosion of, yeah. of earlobes, like as, as one example, like we're just crazy with earlobes for a long time. It was like the undermask stuff and then COVID came along and then 
I think nipple piercings were my first like major demand thing during COVID. And now it really seems to have shifted a lot into ears and, and almost earlobes specifically. Yes. Um, I will have to agree with you. Um, you know, we're not too far apart, so I'm sure the trends in um, New England are probably pretty similar, but um, before the shutdown, yeah, I noticed a huge increase of nipple piercings. Um, I was doing them all the time, almost every day, multiple sets a day. But now since, um, you know, again, like a lot of restrictions with face masks and things like that, um, definitely ear stuff has exploded for me. Ear lobes, I... I don't, I can't recall a day where I haven't done at least a set of earlobes mm-hmm. <laughs> in the last like few months. Um, but yeah, a lot of, um, you know, helix piercings, uh, conch piercings, earlobe piercings, um, ear, ear curation is really popular. Um, it, that is almost exclusively what I'm doing right now is ear mm-hmm. curation, uh, ear styling, um, you know, and, and the difference is like curation is, it's doing piercings strategically placed on the ear and styling is when they come in and already have a bunch of piercings and they want it to look like it, like it flows well, it looks nice, you know, uh, just a little more of a, you know, kind of uniform type of look. Um, yeah. So both of those things are very popular for me right now. Um, well, not how a are you- where I don't do that. What do you do to generate some of that business? Or do you feel like they just kind of gravitate because of the, the environment or the selection you offer? Like, is it, I know that you're a, you're a big person with social media. You've, you've instructed a lot of different classes about how people can utilize their phone to, to get the most out of social media. Obviously you're the, the outreach coordinator for uh, the APP. So you know how to, how to talk with people, especially through the medium of, of social media. So is that where you're generating it? Or do you feel like it's just, it's more of a trend where people are seeking that out because they, they want to kind of do more with, with jewelry and, and their piercings. Like how are these people finding you? Um, so I would say like, I mean, honestly, as a trend, as a whole, like in the whole industry, um, curation and styling like was, has always kind of been around for, for the last few years. But it, like, I feel like in this last year, since the shutdown here and reopening that it has gained a ton of popularity. And I feel like it's because a lot of places had, you know, face mask restrictions, things like that. A lot of people weren't, um, you know, offering under the mask services. So people were just kind of gravitating towards ears anyway. Um, when mm-hmm. people started coming into my studio, you know, I started talking more about like, you know, curation and styling and, and changing up other piercings, you know, other pieces of jewelry in their ear Um, And it just kind of like started sticking with some of my clients and um, my studio is very word of mouth. uh, So I think that it just started kind of spreading. Um, And as soon as I started posting a few like curation staff, like slash styling pictures on my social media, it just kind of blew up. Mm -hmm. Um, It became really popular. um, And almost every single day, it's what I'm doing right now. Uh, one second. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, sorry, it was my UPS guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, I feel like, um, you know, if you really want to get more clients coming into your studio interested in that type of thing, um, post it, 
even if it's just like, even if you didn't do the piercings, like I, I post this stuff all the time. Like, even if I didn't actually do the piercings, but I do like a full on like styling of their ear, I still post it. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, make a really nice description and like my clients love it. They get a ton of likes, like, you know, people just love seeing that because it, it, it inspires them. Um, like, wow, you know, I have all this stuff all randomly in my ear. Like I want my ear to look really nice and cool. And, you know, I want gold jewelry or matching jewelry or, you know, whatever. So I think of a lot of it just kind of comes with time. Um, the more you kind of explain it to people, the more you're posting it on your social media, the more people are going to be coming in for it. So I've got two follow-up questions related to that then because of like, I, I'm not, what's the best way to phrase it? I'm not an earmageddon piercer. I don't know if that's going <laughs> to land with a lot of piercers who have only been at this for, for, for a handful of years. But if you're not already familiar, industrial strength did this competition uh, where you'd, you'd submit these really crazy, interesting ear projects and they would call it earmageddon. There'd be prizes. I know that you've, you've participated in it. Um, yes, I, I won a couple of awards for that. Yeah. Brag about it. But um, you know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that piercer and like, I don't necessarily see that as, um, as a fault because I don't think that everybody can be great at everything, but I'll, I'll definitely say that that's probably a weakness of mine is when people do ask for that whole like curation styling kind of thing, I can give them options, but I don't feel like I can really like blossom their interests in the way that you or like, you know, Luis or these other people like studios that are set up for that, like to just kind of churn that out at, at a really high level. Um, so to prepare for that, to, to prepare to be able to offer that, are you focusing more on custom ordering jewelry or are you like curating your own jewelry selection with like sets in mind? Like when you're ordering gemstones, do you order like a like a family or collection of tones, or are you just kind of like, you know, working within styles and being like, well, Hey, maybe this one and this one would look pretty good together. Like, how are you preparing your jewelry inventory for these people? Um, you know, uh, I do, I do a bit of both. Um, you know, I am ordering sets. I am ordering, you know, matching jewelry. Uh, but also like if I don't have in what the client likes, I just order for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone has different tastes, everyone has different styles. So, you know, what I like or what I'm ordering may not always be what the client is looking for. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I'm, I'm all about it too. Like, you know, and I, and I always explain to people, like, if, if you really like this piece, but say you want it in white gold or you want a different stone or anything, like I can order this for you. Um, and you know, it's, it's been great. So I have a lot of, um, you know, clients that order, but I also do order a lot of sets. Um, it, it, it really just kind of depends, but, um, what's really popular right now is gold. Um, you know, I know a lot of studios don't, don't work too much with gold, but it is very popular right now. And if you think that you can't sell gold, it, you can, and a lot of it is just making sure that you have a selection of gold in your studio. You know, if you only have like a few pieces, you know, they're probably not going to sell. But if you start stocking more of it, um, it will definitely sell. Uh, I went from, you know, mostly titanium when I opened to now mostly gold. And um, I just started stocking like little sets and like, you know, just different kind of like pieces for, you know, fun ear curation. And now I just can't keep the stuff in stock. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I do a bit of both. Um, it can be difficult, but, uh, you know, cause I, what I like doesn't always necessarily mean the client's going to like it, but, um, the great thing is I do utilize social media for this a lot. Um, I use my Instagram stories a lot. I post um, tons of jewelry pictures in there. I, I interact with clients on there. I'm always posting like a piece of jewelry or like a, a bunch of pieces of jewelry. And I'll do like a question, like, what's your favorite piece? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite stone? And I use that information to, to kind of curate my orders as well, because I'm just like, all right, well, you know, I made this post, it had a bunch of gems. Everyone said they really liked, you know, turquoise and labradorite. So the next order I'm going to make is going to be a ton of turquoise and labradorite. So like, cause I just want to base it off of what's trending with people right now. Um, and, I, so, and I think utilizing that is really important. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll agree. I, I don't want to go too far down the hole, but I, I, this, this leads me to additional questions is when you make an order, that's like, you know, uh, you know, let, let's say we ordered something today. We ordered something mid-May and we say like, yeah, turquoise and labradorite and this and that. But sometimes you're not going to get those pieces for two or three months. Um, have you ever been like bitten by that? Because I know that I've been bitten. I've got some some pieces in my case that like two or three years ago, I ordered it and I was like, oh, this is going to be the hotness. People are going to gobble this up. And then it, you know, trends change, seasons, trend, yeah. uh, seasons change, whatever. And then it just kind of sits there. Oh yeah. Things can change within just a few weeks too, which is wild. But, um, you know, I, I haven't noticed too much of it. Um, it has definitely bitten me a couple of times. Um, but, um, I, I don't really have too much of of a problem keeping some of that stuff in stock anyway. Like, even if it doesn't really move as fast as I thought it would, there's always going to be that one client that comes in and they're going to be like, oh man, like, all of this stuff is really beautiful, but I really wish you had this one piece. And it's just like, damn it. Like I should have just ordered it anyway. So like when I order stuff and suddenly it's not really popular anymore, I don't mind having it in my case because there's going to be that one person that comes in and is going to be like, Oh, I'm so glad you have this. Yeah. Um, Those are always really good clients. Uh, when, when you, when you sell a thing, that like you like, but it's been in your case for so long that you almost don't see it anymore. And then somebody comes in and they connect with it and they're like, that's it. That's the piece for me. And it's like, oh, really? Sweet. Because I've been trying to sell that thing for three years. I can't wait to get this in you and out of my case. <laughs> right, right. Um, so kind of going back a step, you know, talking about curation, talking about styling, all that. Uh, I would say that probably the most frequent obstacle that I hit, you know, other than if somebody comes in and they say like, oh, I, I, I absolutely love rose gold with a certain color stone. And it's like, okay, well, I've only got two pieces that match that cat, that, that uh, criteria right now, you know, aside from things like that, my most frequent problem is uh, people make an appointment or they, they email or they contact and they say like, oh, I would love to come in for some styling, some curation, some, you know, a, a jewelry, a big jewelry visit. And my first instinct is like, oh, great. You know, this is probably going to be a nice sale. This is probably going to be something fun for for me or for Evan. But then a lot of times when people come in, I don't know that they necessarily had the the right expectation of what kind of price goes along with that service. Um, Sometimes we'll we'll have a conversation. We'll get 10 or 15 minutes into it. And they'll say like, you know, oh, I, I love... 
I love this one and I love this one and I love this one and I love this one. And then I have to kind of find a good moment during the conversation to be like, okay, great. Um, you know, is there a certain budget you need to stay inside of like, uh, while while we have this conversation and then they'll hit me with like, well, you know, I, I can't go over 150 or I can't go over 200. And it's like, well, I can do some great things for you for that money, but I can't do these like four or five or six things that you've been looking at. That's more of like a one or two or maybe three things, depending on what lines you're looking at. So how often do you run into to, to things like that? Um, I do run into it sometimes. Um, not too much these days. I was running into it a lot in the beginning, but I think that... Um, people like the reputation of my studio, like people know what they're coming in for. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I haven't really had too much of a problem with it lately, but um, I do actually offer a little bit of layaway plan and Mm -hmm. I, I do some payment plans as well. If um, you know uh, the, the pieces are just too expensive, but they just really want it. Um, You know, I'm, I'm in a college town, college students can't suddenly just drop a ton of money. Um, but they can do it in payments and mm-hmm. I don't mind working with people. Uh, you know, they, they don't get the jewelry. They, they have to pay it off first before they get their jewelry. But, um, sometimes it really works out too, because, um, you know, if they're placing an order through certain companies, um, that may have like three, four five month wait times, um, it kind of works out because it's like, well, this piece isn't going to be here for four months anyway. So how about we just split it up into two or three payments if that's easier for you? And clients mm-hmm. love that. Like they love that I'm so willing to work with them and and help them achieve like their shiny goals, you know? Um, so it's uh, that has also been a little bit, um, a bit little helpful. Um and I use Square and Square has a great invoice program um, that has like uh, these fun little like things and, um, you know, milestones and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's been amazing to utilize. And and honestly, I wish I utilized it sooner. I, I only really started doing that after the we came back from the shutdown. Um, that's a good that's a good way to think about it. I, I know that. I know that there are some clients that I'm under servicing because, um, you know, that's not my comfort zone. Uh, like I, I've, I've been comfortable with jewelry sales and what, what a lot of people would refer to as styling and curation. Now people come in and say, Hey, I've got these four piercings and I want to make them look cool. I want to glow up or whatever. Uh, so I, I love doing that, but I think I do it in more of a reactive rather than a proactive way. People come in, they're like, I want this, this, and this. And I'm like, cool, it's this much. I'll install it for you. And and we do custom orders. We do like a wide selection of jewelry. We do all the individual things, but I know that we're just not connecting the dots in the right way that maybe the modern client wants. So I have right. to maybe figure out how to approach that. Yeah, it's uh, it can be it can be challenging um, because it's it's this is like a whole different thing that we're navigating right now. You know, like think about clients two years ago and <laughs> compared to now. Like, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to think of how much it's changed and and how much it's possible that this pandemic changed like the course of our industry. Like, it, it's it's so strange. Um, it is, and it, but... it wasn't easy for me in the beginning either because I worked in a very fast paced, um, very busy studio before I opened mine. And, um, you know, I wasn't really talking with clients. We had like a counter staff and, and it took me 
many months just to kind of get used to talking with people again and, and even just selling like basic jewelry. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, taking the time to, to do that really makes a huge difference with your sales. And, and I've noticed a huge difference and it's really slowed me down a bit too, and has like helped me just connect more with people. And also just, I don't know, like it's, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, but it doesn't just come overnight, you know, it does take time interacting in this type of way with clients. And yeah. I know that a lot of studios can't do that because they are high, like, like fast paced, um, you know, type of studios. But I know a lot of people have been doing appointments now and probably won't be going back to much of a walk-in system after COVID is over. But, you know, utilizing these appointments now um, gives you an opportunity to to do this type of stuff. Um, you know, just just block a little extra time, take a little extra time with each person you know, look at their hair, look at their eyes, like, what are they wearing? Like what, you know, it's all of these things matter when you're, when you're doing like a styling or curation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, and I love to talk to people like, you know, what's your favorite stone? Like what kind of jewelry do you like to wear? Like not just body jewelry, but like your bracelets, your necklaces, um, you know, it just kind of all kind of works itself together. Like it all just kind of comes together that way. So yeah, I, I could see I could see clients really enjoying that. And I think um, I, I think that with with the system that a lot of us are in, because I, I wasn't appointment only before COVID. Uh, I, I am now and I, I really I really like it for so many years. I mean, for 19 years, I was completely resistant to being appointment only for piercing. And then it was kind of forced on me. And now I don't want to go back. But the flip side of it is that it's almost easy is not the right word because it's very, it's still very difficult, but um, oh, it's, absolutely. it's almost like it's, it's too comfortable of a pattern. Like I'm not seeing, I'm not a high volume shop. Uh, I'm seeing about 12 clients in a day um, uh, spaced out and we have enough time where we can talk about jewelry. We still have some very, very strong sales, but I think that that curation style appointment, just like you said, it's got to be a slower pace thing. And, and even on the appointment, like we have a, a dedicated appointment for come in and talk about jewelry and we'll install your jewelry. And even there, I feel like um, it's maybe more, more on me than on the client. Maybe the clients want to, to have that really long conversation about it. And like, I give them, I give them options. I feel like they leave happy but curation is really just not something that's landed in, in my city and, and certainly not in my, in my shop yet. And I don't know if that's something that I can, I can tweak and we can kind of increase that a little bit, or if I just need to kind of see that it's like, maybe that's just not, maybe that's not me. And it would be kind of forcing it if I tried to do it. I don't know. I don't know how to think about it. Sometimes I see a lot of other people doing like great things with it making a lot of success out of it. Um, and I feel, I feel almost like it's, it, that concept is passing me by. Maybe it's a generational thing, or maybe I'm just too much of a, a curmudgeon to go along with it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, it could very well be based on like, you know, area location as well. Like, you know, I, fortunately my studio is in a slightly higher end kind of area. So it's easy for me to kind of pull in those, those clients that are wanting higher ticket items you know, more curation, gold, you know, stuff like that. 
Um, but I feel like it could truly be utilized anywhere. It just depends on how you're going about it. And mm -hmm. also ear curation doesn't have to be gold. Um, it can be like, you know, those cute neo metal ends that you carry or, you know, whatever it can just be like curation and, and styling doesn't have to be gold. Um, and I just want to make that clear to people because I, I feel like there's, that's a very common misconception about ear styling and curation. Um, it's, it's all about just like creating a look and it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive gold jewelry. So if you're a studio that doesn't really carry much gold, you can still achieve like really cool looks, you know, with ears. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be really fancy stuff. So, you know, if you have these clients coming in that are like, yeah, my budget's around 150, like sell them a, you know, uh, some cute, like little ends, maybe some graduating stones, um, you know, maybe you can anodize the, the ends, uh, do some cute color projects. Like it doesn't have to be super high end and fancy. So I feel yeah. like curation and styling can be utilized in any studio. It just, uh, it's just how you go about it. Um, and how, mm -hmm. and how you, how you sell it to those clients. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like we're, we're already there when it comes to that, like, you know, the everyday kind of styling, the thing that, the thing that uh, any piercer can do um, if they just, you know, treat a client well and, and show them options, respect their budgets and, and all that stuff. I think for me, sometimes when I hear the word curation, I hear the word styling. That's what makes me think of those like thousand dollar ears, $2,000 ears. And it's like, those are not, those are not a commonplace for me. And I know they're not for a lot of other piercers too. And I'm not saying that I want every client to have a thousand dollar ear, but it'd be nice, you know, if a couple of them did. I mean, I, I want everyone to have like baller ears, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's not always the case. And even in my studio, you know, where I do focus on a lot of gold and, and gold sales, um, not everyone that comes in for ear creation wants gold. And um, mm -hmm. I'm totally cool with that. And I treat everyone exactly the same. Like it's, it doesn't matter if you get gold or not. Like I'm, I'm going to make your ear look freaking fabulous. Uh, and, and that's the whole point of it is to, you know, just to make your client happy. doesn't have to be gold. doesn't yeah. have to be thousand dollar ear. It's, that's yeah. a nice day when you sell a thousand dollar ear, but you know, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't do thousand dollar ears every day. Like, yeah. you know, so it just, you have to work up to that level, but there's, there's always going to be those clients that surprise you too. Like you, you think they're coming in for something pretty basic and then, you know, they end up spending all this money and you're just like, oh my gosh, like that's wild. You know, that's so cool. Yeah. And this is the coolest ear, but you know, those are the ears you want to post on your social media too, because you want people to see that you can do from basic to wicked fancy. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> Since we have these kind of waves of clients who are better informed through the work of the APP and other organizations and social media and so many piercers out there being knowledgeable and, you know, they all have this great social media presence too. We have a lot more clients that are coming in and they want things like curation. They want things like matching piercings. Um, a lot of people are being driven into a professional piercing environment for, for things that they would consider basic like earlobes, which I think is amazing. But a, yeah. a big thing that that some piercers maybe haven't started thinking about, and if they haven't already, they should really be thinking about it like today, 
is that a lot of the stuff people are asking for uh, is like a set of something, you know, a pair of nipple piercings, a pair of earlobe piercings, or, you know, those people that are like, oh yeah, is it, is it cool if I get one extra thing? You know, they're there for maybe their tragus, but then they want to get, let me also get my nipples pierced, things like that, where we're going through a higher volume of jewelry because more people are getting more than one thing. And I, I think a lot of us are, are struggling to, to keep up with demand, keep up with inventory, because not only do we have all these, these, these clients who are starting to leave their homes and starting to try to normalize their lives and starting to go back to the things that make them feel pampered and make them feel um, special, you know, personal services, hair and waxing and, and piercing and tattooing. How do we keep up with, with that demand and, and the logistics of it? Because just like we're struggling to keep up with all these people coming in for piercings, I'm sure all these jewelry companies are struggling to keep up with all these businesses and this explosion of, of demand for jewelry. So how are you keeping up with, with your inventory demands? Um, oof. Well, um, I'm struggling a little bit for sure. Uh, and I don't place any blame on any of the jewelry companies, you know, it's, uh, they're working so hard. And um, I just want to give a shout out to all of the jewelry companies like you all, you're all killing it, by the way. Um, thanks for putting up with everyone's crap. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a struggle, uh, especially since this last few months, I've seen almost a, like my business has almost doubled. Um, so, you know, right now, a lot of companies are six, eight, you know, 12 weeks out. Um, so I'm making larger orders, but right now it's a little challenging because I won't be seeing these larger orders coming in for another month or two. Yeah. Um, so right now when I'm getting orders in, they're not really doing much for me. Um, so it's been a little struggle. I mean, and I won't lie, I've been out of white bezel set CZs for like a week, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like I, the struggle is real. Like it, it is, it is definitely real. And I've reached out to a few people to like, Hey, you got any extras? And no one's got extras right now because they're all going through the same thing. And, you know, a lot of it really is this paired thing that's going on right now. Like, like you're right. Like it's, it's all paired earlobes. Um, you know, two helix piercings, uh, two conches, like it's stacked earlobes has been a big thing lately earlobes. too. Yes. Um, I've been doing a ton of earlobe like projects, like the little, the little stacked ones, uh, triples, quads, um, you know, that has been taking up so much of my jewelry, um, that, it, it is hard. It is hard to keep up with. Um, I honestly don't really have much advice for people except for, you know, if you feel like business is increasing, start doubling your orders now. Um, mm -hmm. because you don't want to get stuck like I am where I'm just like, oh man, I've been out of white CZs for, you know, a week. It probably will be another week until I get my order. Um, you know, you don't, you don't want to run into those issues, uh, but those issues happen and, you know, your clients are pretty understanding. Uh, most people are like, that's great. You're busy, you know, but it still sucks because I don't have what they're looking for. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, just, just do your best. Keep up. Like I, I put in orders every two weeks with all kinds of companies. So I'm constantly getting stuff in. Um, and mm. then there's like a couple companies that I, I make like one big order from every month, um, you know, just to replenish my basics and things like that. But 
Um, I've noticed that if you're constantly getting jewelry in and like you're posting it on your social media, clients get really excited about that too. So, um, you know, make sure if you're doing that, that you're getting in a lot of jewelry all the time, because as soon as I post stuff on like my stories, when I get new jewelry in, like people come in instantly, they're just like, I saw this, I want it and it's gone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, buy two or three of that fun piece or, you know, 15 or 20 of those, you know, fancy gems or whatever, um, you know, be mm-hmm. prepared. It's, uh, it's hard to prepare for, but if you, if you do, for whatever reason, see like an incline of your business, just, just prepare, like be prepared because a lot of studios I know are struggling with it. They're, they're having a hard time keeping jewelry in stock. And if your studio isn't at that point yet, it probably will be. Um, especially now that, um, you know, things are looking really good with COVID restrictions are being lifted. People are getting out more, um, you know, people want to get pierced people, people need to do stuff. So, yeah, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to kind of diversify my vendors because over time I, I have accounts with the majority of, of the known vendors out there, the reputable higher end vendors, but I wasn't necessarily ordering from all of them regularly. And now that's, that's kind of what I find myself having to do. I have to, I have to keep up with my core vendors, but then I also have to put in uh, extra orders with other vendors because it's like, well, this company might take two months to make a certain item. This company might only take one month. So, you know, I'll get a little bit from here. I'll get a little bit from there. Mm-hmm. And really what you have to try to find is a balance where you constantly have jewelry coming in. Because like, if you get to the point where you're like, oh, oh crap, we're out of something or we're very low on something. It's already too late kind of with a lot of stuff because, uh, (laughs) you know, you're not going to be able to just call up a company and have them ship it tomorrow. I mean, maybe if you find some unicorn company that has something in stock, but the majority of this stuff, um, by the time you realize you're out of it, you're already probably two months away, if not more from being able to get more in. So yeah, like and what that, you're doing. that's yeah. That's why I order so much because yeah. um, you you can't do that to yourself, uh, right. especially these days. And you know, in the beginning, I was doing that, and that's I realized how dumb it was really fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you you can't place an order, wait three months, and then place another order. Like you you have to be placing orders at least every you know at least every four weeks to keep that consistency. Um, because if you just wait until you run out, then you're not going to have it again for, you know, a lot of companies are, are, you know, around three months out right now. So, um, don't do that to yourself. Oh my gosh. Like that's just so much more stress than anyone needs. Like I almost, I almost kind of paint myself into a corner with the way I, okay. So logistically, like I, I accept appointments, um, three weeks out. Like I could, I could probably book appointments three months out if I wanted to, but it would just be too stressful. It's too tough. If somebody says they need a day off, like, you know, a a really good example, all of my staff is in the process of getting their first and second vaccine shots for the second shot. uh, I'm making sure that everybody has one or two days off after just in case they need recovery time. So we need some flexibility with the schedule that three week window. It works good for that, but that means that that three week window is booked pretty solid, you know, like people usually have to wait one to two weeks at least to, to get an appointment. So, um, 
the jewelry that's coming in, I feel like I'm sometimes I'm being too safe where I'm getting what I would consider my basics, my staple pieces, the stuff where I know people are always going to want two millimeter prong set clear gems, you know? So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to have that stuff in stock, but then like a lot of the other cooler stuff, the stuff that kind of wraps back into that whole style stylizing and, curating and, and all that stuff a lot of those orders are the ones where i'm i'm losing out like i'm i've got my staples coming in constantly but the cool stuff the people that the stuff that makes people go like ooh and ah that's the stuff that i'm probably doing the worst job on on keeping in stock right now well it sounds like you need to work on that <laughs> i know i'm trying it's like it usually like i'll order staple supplies every two to four weeks, depending on what it is. And then when it, when it comes down to like the fancy stuff, that's a lot of times when I get in a moment where I'm like, oh crap, I'm completely out of, you know, this, that, or whatever. And, and that's, that's my main, that's my main problem, you know? And then it's those orders that hit me and it's like, well, crap, that's like a $5,000 order that I didn't want to have to make on this, this credit card period and et cetera, et cetera. So it's just, it's right. kind of like, um, it's kind of like whack-a-mole sometimes with supplies. It's like, okay, I got plenty of backings, but like I'm low on titanium fronts. Okay. I'll get a ton of titanium fronts, but now I'm forgetting to order some of like the fancier gold ends. And now all I have is car or more like basic stone gold ends. And then, oh crap, now I forgot about posts. And it's like this constant whack-a-mole thing. Right. Well, and you know, there's so many cool, like independent companies doing gold right now too. Like there's so many cool designs and original stuff. Um, it, it's, I, I love ordering from all these little companies right now. Mm -hmm. Um, be beautiful stuff. And a lot of their wait times are pretty reasonable. Um, and some of them have stuff in stock too. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name drop anyone, but, um, you know, it doesn't hurt to reach out to some of these companies and just be like, Hey, do you have a list of what's in stock right now? Um, and a lot of the time they'll just send you a list and then you can just kind of order from that. And then boom, less than a week later, you have some fancy cute gold pieces in and you didn't have to wait weeks for it. Right. Um, there's, there's actually a few companies that do that. So um, yeah. I would just, yeah. uh, you know, if you feel like you don't want to wait months for uh, some fun stuff, hit up some companies, like get point. stuff in a week, you know? Yeah. Yeah, whenever I go to put in gold orders too, um, there, there there will be a few companies that will hit me back and they'll be like, okay, well, it's going to be a four to six weeks wait on this. But if you want, here's this list, here's this spreadsheet. These are things that we have in stock and we can ship you within a few days. And I, I've utilized that a few times. It's um, great. I just, uh, I, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. You know, like I have, I have so little energy lately where I can, I can go in I can still do an eight hour piercing shift where I, I pierce people all day. I can still give them an excellent piercing. I can still be warm and I can give them great customer service. Um, but I can only really do that one or two days a week before I just start melting like a human candle. And um, it's like very much like managing my resources and my, my personal energy and just like overall will to live is definitely a resource that I have to manage carefully, just like all this jewelry. Right. No, that is a struggle. Uh, we are similar people. Um, it's, you know, doing, I love doing all this stuff, but it, it can definitely um, be very taxing on the mind. And sometimes when I get home, like I just need to sit in silence or listen to music really loud and be by myself. Like, I don't even want my cat on me. I'm just mm -hmm. like, I just need a minute to like, just like, you know, recharge. Um, 
And there's some days I don't really want to do it. You know, I come in and I'm just like, Oh my God, all I have is consultations today, but you know, you got to trudge through, like it's, it, it is the, the way it is these days, but you know, it's, uh, having that self-care at the end of the day, uh, is, is really, really helpful. Um, it, it really helps me a lot. Um, and I, I actually have limited hours to, um, since, since all the COVID stuff and I won't be going back to any normal hours after this because, uh, you know, it's what I've been doing with all of the, the consultations and styling and curation and, you know, the vibe of my studio and just trying to keep up with everything. Like I, I can't work long days right now. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's too much for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not even barely working part-time hours. It's, it's pretty great, honestly, <laughs> but yeah, um, well, it's, it's, it's great, but I, I get nervous for the other piercers out there, especially the ones who are just, just starting to get back into it. You know, like a, a lot of right. the UK has, has just started going back. Right. And I, I want to kind of tell anybody out there who's in that kind of pocket of like with your, you're within your first month back is don't try to make up for lost time and try to do everything you can right now because right. like you're you are a human candle and you only have so much wick and um just 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 pace yourselves because like I I was open I was doing like six days a week uh before the pandemic and then like that last day a week was like you know appointment only stuff like piercing kids lobes on a Sunday when we were closed and stuff like that now we're, we're open with, uh, five days a week, standard appointments. And then the other two days a week, you know, we'll, we'll book for appointments as our energy allows. And I, I feel like that's just enough to maintain. I, Evan, my, my other piercer, he's usually doing about four days a week. I'm usually doing about two days a week. And I think that that's about the most that either of us can manage right now. Um, so you know, everybody out there, make sure you, you go a little bit easy on yourself. Like you can stack those clients. They'll be, they'll still be out there. You don't have to do all of that, like months of lost business in like your first couple of weeks back. Yeah. Don't burn yourself out. Um, cause I almost did that when I first reopened and that was when I cut back. Um, I was kind of by appointment only before the shutdown anyway, but now it's, I'm pretty strict. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be going back to any walk-in system. Um, and I won't be going back to full-time hours. Um, I've only been open five days a week since I opened. Uh, so having that two days off is pretty great. Like one of those days I just spend like working on jewelry stuff, like, you know, like behind the scenes stuff, you know, inventory, mm-hmm. jewelry, whatever. And then I take one whole day off. Um, I don't even look at my phone. Like I'll, I'll, I'll check just to make sure there's no emergencies or anything, just cause I have a million responsibilities, but, um, you know, like I, I really just try to disconnect from everything, mm-hmm. um, because I just don't want to have anything to do with anything else. Like I need that time away. So, um, you know, having that, if you're able to do something like that, you should do it, um, and just, you know, that it, it's so important right now, especially, and, and, you know, to like, if you are trying to like work in all these clients, like crazy, like, you know, that's great, but those clients will be there tomorrow. And if they can't understand that, you know, you have limited hours, limited work time, that's not your client. You know, you don't, you don't need that energy. <laughs> like, 
you know, yeah. you don't you don't need that negativity in your life. So, you know, just uh, just just take it easy. <laughs> so, um, as we kind of start to to wind down, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you say that you have a day where it's all consultations, I feel like you're a little bit more of an extrovert than I am. You know, and I know everybody's a little bit of a, a blend, but if I had a day that was just consultations, I feel like that would be pretty, pretty exhausting for me because I, I kind of need that energy of like performing a piercing and, and all that stuff. So do you, oh. do you just have like an, like an open appointment system where like your day is basically just the will of the people booking, or do you kind of like manage and say, this day is going to be a mix. This day is going to be mostly piercing. This day is going to be mostly consultations. Like, do you, do you have any sort of like, uh, control over the balance of it? Um, no, I just kind of let it, it's just free for all. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it also just varies too. Like, like today, um, all I have are consultations and uh, like browsing appointments. And yeah. Browsing is when people come in just to look at the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I have today. So uh, I'm actually working late because we're doing this interview. So um, I'll only be working for three hours today, which is yeah. lovely. <laughs> um, but, you know, these days can be very exhausting. Like it's, it's a lot of like mental work. Um, and I do like days like this because, um, you know, I know I'll make some money today, but, um, and I don't have to pierce, which, you know, there's days where I'm just like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have to do a piercing, but still made money. But then there's yeah. other days where I'm just like, man, I wish I was just piercing and like not having to like, you know, really sit here and focus on like having a conversation with someone, which I don't mind doing, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, you, you say I'm a, a little bit of an extrovert it, it's a little bit. Um, but I'm also very much an introvert and, um, you know, after, after a day, like, like today, even if it's just for a few hours, like I'm, I'm mentally exhausted. Yeah. Um, it, it can be, it can be challenging, but I, I do really love it. And I, I love seeing like people smile and just people get so excited about their jewelry. Um, it, it does make my day, uh, for sure, but yeah. it's, you know, there's pros and cons for sure. So, uh, last question that I would have for you is if, if you're focusing on a lot of ear stuff, I'm focusing on a lot of ear stuff, ear low piercings, conch piercings, helix piercings, you know, the ears, um, what are you, what are you doing or are you doing anything to kind of like tweak your aftercare? Because initially early on in face mask life, I wasn't really quite as conscious about the back of the ear and in ear loops on masks and all that stuff. And now I've noticed that it's such an impact on, on healing oh, yeah. a lot of things, even basic things that I pretty much have to like do a lot of the aftercare, uh, like way before the piercing, sometimes even before the people schedule the appointment, telling them like, you know, Hey, you need to keep your mask off the back of your ear. I can send you home with some ear savers, but like, you know, you want to think about this, you want to think about that. So how, how is your aftercare or how has healing changed for your clients? Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, it definitely has changed a bit. Um, I have seen some gnarly freaking snags in here. Um, you know, just because of face mask and people just kind of ripping it off, you know, not paying attention especially like with conches or uh, honestly with all of them, helix, conch, earlobes, because, you know, initially we're piercing with a longer post. So it's sticking out a bit and it, it's just so much easier to snag on the mask. Um, so 
before, like the first thing we even talk about um, when the client comes in is, you know, what, what placement are you looking for? And if it's um, a conch, specifically a conch or an earlobe, like a standard earlobe um, where it would be in direct contact with the face mask, um, you know, I, I look at the back of their ear, like I put gloves on, I look at the back of their ear, I, I see how their mask sits. Um, I talk to them about their mask, uh, especially with the conch, um, the earlobe, you know, you, they can kind of take a lot and, and they'll probably be fine. But the conch, you know, if it's constantly getting hit or snagged or rubbed on, like you're going to have issues with it. So, um, you know, I always talk to the client about their mask. If they have a different mask, I do have a bunch of those ear saver things, if, you know, they still really want to do it, I'll give them one of those, um, that they can wear. So, you know, it's, it's not interfering with their piercing. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting to navigate the face mask. Um, you know, and it's even when they get into my room and they sit down, you know, we, we start having more conversations about the face mask loop. Like, you know, when you're taking it off, just be super mindful. Um, you know, and I always kind of make a little joke, like, you know, you'll probably snag it once pretty good this week, but after that, you'll always remember that it's there. And, you know, they always mm. kind of have a little chuckle, but yeah, yeah, it's true. They'll probably I, hit it once, but like, I'm always just like, don't make a habit of it. Like be so mindful. And mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately I have seen some people come in with, um, with some pretty terrible snags and, uh, you know, just, uh, also issues with, with the mask loop rubbing, um, it, it, it's been interesting. It's been very interesting to navigate. And I'm sure I'm not, you and I are not the only people seeing this kind of stuff. I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah. Uh, I've actually, there's, I haven't been doing any like faux rook piercings, um, like higher up, um, like a forward helix, uh, anything that I just know is going to be a massive struggle to heal. Um, yeah. And faux, the faux rook, believe it or not, has been a really common piercing that is being asked for right now. And I'm just like, eh, no, <laughs> hmm. not right now. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder when you get uh, those waves of people asking for a specific piercing that you wouldn't consider an everyday piercing. Like, I wonder what the catalyst is. Was it like a social media thing making the rounds or did some celebrity get it or whatever? But right. yeah, every yeah. now and then something like that pops up for me too. Yeah, I, I always just assumed that it was like a, a famous person or a TikTok, which is really popular right now, TikTok. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, I always just assume it comes from from one of those things. Uh, uh, have you have you embraced TikTok yet as like, you know, the APP's phone person? Have you embraced TikTok? <laughs> because I feel like I am definitely too old for TikTok. Um, I am also too old for TikTok, but I have been embracing it. I haven't been too terribly active because I'm still trying to like figure it out. Like figure um, out what its purpose is? No, just how to use it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've actually had to ask some younger, like hip TikTokers how to use it and to, like help me because, uh. I'm just not very good at it, but, um, I have been doing it. I, it's mostly a studio, uh, like TikTok. Yeah. Um, but I've been doing like showing like some ear curation stuff and some like educational stuff. And, um, I've been getting clients and like followers from it. And it's honestly, uh, I've also, there are a few piercers out there 
um, that really embrace the TikTok. And I get clients from those people all the time, like just telling them to come to me or they see their stuff on TikTok and they're like, oh my gosh, like I love this curation, but that person's too far from me. I'm going to find a place in town that does it. Um, and they'll come in and show me like an image or the video. And I'm just like, Hey, I know that person. And, um, so yeah, uh, TikTok, yes, it is, uh, for a younger generation, but, um, our clients are younger generation. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's one of these fun trends that, uh, people are really into and you may as well embrace it, even if it's just a shop one. Um, I've been kind of having fun with it and, uh, it's, it's, I still feel a little old for it, but, um, it's been, it's been fun and yeah. we might do an APP version. So maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I should get around to it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not as bad as you think it's, um, it's, it's different, but it's, I mean, it's just like, it's just videos. Yeah. Just I mean, videos. it's, it's kind of like when, when, when Snapchat was at its peak and like some shops mm-hmm. had a Snapchat and I was just like, what, how can a shop make money off of Snapchat? So it's like, I don't want to like dismiss something where it's like, I know it has a marketing value, but at the same time, like, I just don't want to learn another internet thing right now. Well, didn't you ever do Vine? No, I never did Vine. Okay. So I feel like TikTok is way more like, like Vine. Yeah. Um, Just like, like Snapchat was kind of like weird um, oh. but I feel like, I feel like TikTok is, is kind of based loosely off of Vine. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, if, I guess if you never use it, then it doesn't matter, but, um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, embrace it a little bit. You just try it out a few times, but I've definitely seen an uptick in followers and, uh, people just interested in, in asking more questions and about my page. So why not? Yeah. If it's free advertisement, like we'll see, we'll see if I can build up the strength to learn TikTok sometime. <laughs> All right. Well, your phone's already ringing. So I guess you got to get ready to go to work or you're at work. You got to get ready to start working. Yeah. I've got a client coming in in about 30 minutes. So All right. Start well, make it a great day. And uh, thanks for making some time for me. Oh yeah. It's, it's always lovely to have a chat with you, Ryan. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's chat more as the world slowly starts to reopen. Yay. We should. All right. Talk to you later. Oh, uh, one last time. Like what's all your, uh, you know, your social medias and all that. Oh yeah. So, um, you can follow my personal stuff. I do post piercing stuff and, you know, teacher stuff and whatever. It's just miss underscore kale on Instagram. Um, and then uh, my shop page is Oleander Piercing. That's across all social medias. Um, and if you want to follow my TikTok, it is Miss underscore Kale as well. I'm pretty easy to nice. find. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, go have a good day. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye, Ryan. All right. Thanks for talking to me, Kale. I always appreciate it when people find time for me in their schedules, and especially when it's on a work day. Uh, don't forget that I've got that class all about tapers coming up on Sunday, June 6th, 2021, and that's going to be exclusive to my supporters at patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. So if you haven't already gotten a chance to, uh, to sign up, you can go there and on the $15 a month tier, you get instant on-demand access to over a dozen educational videos, uh, one hour classes, two hour classes, a lot of different subjects, uh, including that new needles class. 
Um, one of the, uh, the pieces of feedback that I keep getting is that people really seem to like the vendor survey included at the end. I contacted a few of the, the industry's top needle vendors and uh, they submitted information about where you can get their products and what they're selling, what types of needles. If you're looking for those half sizes, you know, 13 gauge and 15 gauge, if you're looking for coated needles with silicone or Teflon, if you're looking for cannulas, if you're looking for chamfer needles, if you're looking for long needles, if you're looking for needle blanks, uh, the, the vendor survey is going to set you up with all the information about where you can get all that stuff. So that and a whole lot more is available on demand at patreon.com slash ryanpba on the $15 a month tier. And that'll also give you access to that June 6th class all about tapers. So go ahead and check that out. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Uh, I'll be back with some more episodes soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.